know, there are some dire predictions in today's gospel. They're very ominous indeed, especially for those who are not at peace with God. We hear a lot of ap- uh, apocalyptic biblical readings at the end of the liturgical year and during the first weeks of Advent. It seems to me that there are two ways to, that people approach stories about the end of time. First, many respond in fear, again, because they are not right with the Lord. We've all heard absurd stories also that stem from a fearful fundamentalist understanding underground bunkers and cults in remote villages and the like, as if we could somehow or would even want to avoid the Lord's return. Or the second option is to live as people of hope as we long for eternity with God in heaven. C.S. Lewis once wrote that if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were those that that thought most of the next world, the apostles who set out to convert the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on the earth precisely because they had their minds occupied by heaven. In other words, what happens to us after death is an indication of our choice for God and the path of holiness now or we turn against him. As Christians who have hope, we should not fear death, but rather ready ourselves for it by growing in holiness and then also calling others to faith in the process of evangelization. Throughout the history of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church, many parishioners among those are among those who waited in joyful hope for the coming of the Savior, as our liturgy proclaims, by making a difference in this world. At, its parish, at our parish's inception, for example, there was a forward-thinking steward named Leo McNamara, for which we should all be grateful if we only knew his story. Originally, Our Lady of Mount Carmel was set to be nestled on an insignificant piece of property as, as a small country parish. I mean, can you imagine this being a small country parish just off State Road 31? Leo, an earlier developer in the, in the Carmel area, had a premonition that the property would not be sufficient, and others joined him in concern for the future expansion of the Carmel Catholic community. I mean, heck, if only a few of his nine children, eight boys and one girl, were to stay in the Carmel area to raise families, the proposed parish property would be too small. So he donated this property that we enjoy today and developed the area around the church for Catholic families, naming, for example, the nearby Bennett Road after the first bishop of our diocese. Many don't know that. And he hoped to build a Catholic neighborhood in the village of Mount Carmel in the shape of a rosary, each house being one of the beads that he only partially got to achieve before his untimely death in 1959, with the church being the cross of that rosary. I mean, who knew? I didn't know that until a couple of years ago. In fact, the first Our Lady of Mount Carmel funeral was for Leo McNamara, who died young, and the church, it was been told, was packed. But before his death, he took great satisfaction as he sat in his favorite chair at his nearby home and watched Catholic families schlepping their kids to Sunday Mass and then schlepping their kids to school and CCD. 
Leo's son, Dick, now retired but still active in the church, credits the great success of our parish on the intercession of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and our later success as a parish to the presence of our perpetual adoration chapel that later stewards built to bolster the spirituality of our parishioners. Over the past two weeks, you've heard from the what we were calling old-time parishioners, those who have been here for decades upon decades, enjoying the life of our parish, and also from young people who continue to share the joy of discipleship at our parish. They, of course, represent young Catholic leaders who are now raising families, who are now manning and leading their Newman centers, missionary groups like Focus, and also the 18 young men and women who have been ordained to the priesthood or taken final vows as religious sisters and serve the church literally all over this country. I think of Father Josh Jenko, who was just signed to be the chaplain at the Air Force Academy. An incredible track record, not only for a parish, some dioceses have not done as well in promotion of vocations than this parish. I was just coming through the lower level, 10 young men and women studying still today that will be added to that number of 18. So now... We turn the page, and where do we get the idea of this new parish life center that we have been talking about? Really, it's been nine years in the making, starting with our first master plan, which led to the building of the Matthew 25 Center, the new rectory, the new convent. A master plan guides a parish for the future by assessing its physical needs for the next 25 years. CSO Architects recently helped us with the routine update of the master plan as a good plan has fluidity and allows for changing needs in a particular community. The updated master plan was proposed after exhaustive interviews with many of you, the stakeholders in our over 200 parish ministries, and it identified many needs for our future. Some were not future but current needs to fulfill our mission of creating disciples. CSO architects then siloed these needs into six phases that were given to our 11 councils that represent many ministry areas in our parish, that is, our school council, our liturgy council, our adult education council, faith formation council, the gospel of life council, youth ministry, and so on. And they were tasked with ranking the phases in terms of importance under the guidance of parish council members last year. And something profound happened as the parish council gathered to compare the results one Sunday afternoon. That is, of all the chiefs that we have in our parish, as people say, lots of chiefs here. That is, there was consensus about what we need to do. That we need meeting space for programming that will eliminate what I call the Carmel che- uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel chess game, where we try to fit all of these ministries in the different uh, rooms in the lower level, the very few rooms in the lower level. And some of the pieces of the chess game are left outside. That is, ministries who are not allowed to meet here, we just don't have the room. So that was a priority as well as fellowship space to respond to parishioners' desires to simply celebrate our common life. We've seen that with our very successful food truck festivals and our St. Joseph feast day, where hundreds of people turned out just to share time with one another in community. 
Finally, a visible and accessible, handicap-wise, and expanded office space where old and new parishioners can actually find a priest, deacon or lay minister in a time of need. You know, people come to me all the time and I'll say, they want to meet with me, I'll say, this meet in our offices. And they say, where's that? And then I have to explain it. Well, you go to the blue awning in the back, go down the stairs, two sets of double doors, then turn to your right and then pray to St. Anthony that you'll actually find me. Again, this phase of the master plan isn't about projecting a future need. Rather, this is the spaces that we need today to meet the needs of our vibrant community. So we sought and received approval from the diocese that was followed by a feasibility study in which many of you participated. As a matter of fact, 2,000 households of our parish family participated in the feasibility study. That's roughly half of our registered parishioners or registered households, that is. And that kind of participation absolutely floored our Sunday visitor who, who facilitated that study. They said they'd never seen so much investment in a parish. Our Sunday visitor generally greenlights projects where 60% of respondents are positive. And we had 74% of our parishioners who responded positively with feedback that this project needs to move forward, the project that we are calling Families Helping Families Building for the Future. I say all this to assure you that this phase of the master plan has been extremely well thought out and prayerfully thought out. We are not reaching in terms of expressing the need, and I come before you at the end of these three weeks of talks at the, at the homilies asking for your support. As the pastor of this parish, you know, it's a scary thing to introduce a $6.3 million capital campaign that includes our duty to support our diocese through our biannual fruitful harvest campaign and also the cost of this parish life center. You know, when I've wavered, I've had thoughts of three holy women that, we, that have inspired me to move forward as your pastor. First, I think of St. Theodore Guerin who trusted in divine providence always. Secondly, I think of St. Francis Cabrini, whose feast was a couple of weeks ago, who built 67 institutions with accompanying buildings to help fulfill the mission of the church in her time. Surely we can do this one, right? And finally, one of our parishioners who died recently named Katie Meehaw. Many of you probably remember Katie. She came to Mass here and at other parishes every day for over 50 years, the last several years, with a walker. And it seemed like every day she got shorter and shorter and shorter. And I seemed to be getting taller and taller and taller, right? And so, eventually, well into her 90s, she became too frail to attend Mass. But she prayed and received Holy Communion at the nursing home where she lived. And one of her make-a-wish things that they did from her, her, uh, at her nursing home was she came here. She wanted to come and greet parishioners as a minister of welcome after Mass. Just a, about a year or two before she died. So Our Lady of Mount Carmel was always close to her heart. And upon her death, we were notified that she bequeathed a sum of money to our parish, which we are using as the lead gift for this capital campaign. And combined with the generous pledges of 26 parishioners, that we ask early, for which I am very grateful, we begin this campaign, and I'm happy to announce that we've already raised over $700,000 toward our goal. It is our goal to have that diocesan portion of Fruitful Harvest to be covered 
before Thanksgiving, which means that 100% of our pledges would be returned to our parish to build that parish life center. But this building will not be built without everyone's support. Regardless of your means, we need our parishioners to come forward to support this project. You should have received a packet in the mail this past week that asks for your support. And this is the time for you to be discerning the level of participation to which you feel called. And I have to admit, when I made my donation to Fruitful Harvest, I made it thinking that I needed to stretch myself in appreciation for the example that others, like Leo and Katie, have set for me in the history of our parish church. And I hope that you feel the same. So if you've come prepared to make your pledges today by bringing your pledge card, please just place it in the collection basket along with that weekly contribution. And thank you. If you need more time, you can bring your pledge card next weekend. You can drop it in the collection basket or the week after that. Or drop it off at the office. You can mail it to the office. You can send it by via or carry a pigeon, whatever you want to do. But most especially, this is a time when we should be most prayerful of all. Praying for the success of this campaign, if God wills it, to further the kingdom here at our parish. If you have any questions, feel free to contact Rita DeCline, our stewardship director. You can also contact me at the parish office. We are happy to speak with you because I'm excited about this campaign. So during this Thanksgiving week, I give thanks for all of you, a part of my parish family. I continue to pray for you. If you're traveling somewhere, Godspeed. And may God continue to bless you and bless our parish for many years to come.